Hello folks, I'm Joel Van Hoogen and this is the Bread of Life. Our program is supported by your gifts, but it's brought to you out of the heart of two ministries. One is Church Partnership Evangelism, where I'm the executive director and have been for over 30 years. We're a disciple-making ministry among the nations. On a weekly basis, we receive reports from pastors and lay leaders we're working with all around the world and the advance of the gospel, the bringing of new people to Jesus Christ, the baptisms of new believers, the planting of new churches. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, go to traincpe.org. And to learn about our Bible fellowship in Boise, Idaho, go to breadoflifeboise.org. It's there that I'm the Bible teacher, and this is the word we feed on. If you hear people condemning nationalism, your love of country, your devotion to your homeland, don't give heed to them. God created nations. He sovereignly raises them up and establishes their boundaries, and he calls us to honor all nations by going to them, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, and calling the people of those nations to worship the Lord. In the last days, nations won't be done away with, but they will bring their worship to Jesus as King. Our mission is to reach the nations for Christ. In this, our motivation should be threefold. One, we should be compelled by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, I'm going to give you three compelling commands to reach the nations, and I think each one of them gives us a purer motivation. The first one is simply to be compelled by the command of the Lord Jesus Christ, who said, all authority has been given unto me. Go, therefore, and it's a command. It's a command that rests upon all of us. You might not feel yourself called to go to the ends of the earth as a missionary, but that command was given to you as well. It's a compelling command of the Savior, and I would suggest to you that if you cannot come up with a good reason why you should not go, why you can be more strategic for reaching the world for Christ by staying at home than by going, that you might feel yourself compelled to go abroad. The command is upon us as a way for each and every one of us to find our most strategic place in taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. That's the command that's upon us. However you might answer that, we leave that before the Lord, but we are compelled by this command. The second thing is, we're compelled by compassion and love for lost people in every locality. Loving compassion is a higher motivation than simply obedience to the command of Christ. And I think Paul, when we read that he was distressed in Athens to see all the people given over to idols, was filled with this passion, this loving desire for them as individuals, and he went among them to dialogue with them and to explain the gospel to them. And then the highest motive is this, not only a love for the lost, but the highest motive is a jealous love for our Savior. He's died to win for himself a people from every tribe and every tongue and every nation. And our motive for missions peaks in a want for him to be glorified and honored and worshipped by all. Paul's distress in Athens must have reached that zenith. He is compelled by the command of Christ. He's compelled by a love for the lost. And ultimately he's compelled by a zealous desire that God might be worshipped and Jesus Christ might be exalted. What I want you to see is, and this is a summary of what I've said just now, God created the nation so that men may find him. God is destined that all nations will one day serve him as king and worship him forever. God is glorified when we strive to reach those nations for him. Now, back to the contention I made and said that I wanted to speak on this morning. 
in support of a Christian nationalism or a patriotism. What we consider about our nationalistic pride or our patriotism for our country must be brought to bear or understood within the overarching plan of God for all the nations. But here's what I want to say right now. A national pride, a pride in your nation and in your country is a good thing. It's a good thing. Whatever flaws and errors are in our land, it exists by God's decree. Our country exists by God's decree. And God has a plan for it. And we should love that God has given us to it and it to us. Let's take Paul as an example. The nation he belonged to, obviously, was a nation that has a long history, much longer than ours, going back millennia now, maybe about 4,500 years, beginning in Abraham with various promises of God, and God leading Abraham on a journey to the very place that God would settle him. And in that place, God would make Abraham a blessing and raise up a nation from him. And from that nation came Israel and God gave a specific ambassador role to that nation of Israel. And we know much about the history of Israel because God's word is built around the revelation of God's plan for Israel. And they're being faithful to God and they're raising up messengers who brought forward to that nation and then to the earth a revelation of what God was like and what God's will was for the people and all the peoples of the earth. And so we know much about how God interacted in the identity and development of the nation of Israel. Israel had a high position. It had high points in which it expressed itself in faithfulness to God. But read its history. It also has some tremendous low points. There are wonderful moments in which the nation of Israel rises near to its goal and God's design for it and it establishes itself as that light to the nations and for brief moments God blesses it but then there are these profound moments in which they failed and turned away from God's calling and they reached incredibly low points. They behaved at times with great dignity but much of the time with great treachery. And the time in which Paul lived was not a high time in the nation of Israel. The time in which Paul lived was a time in which the nation was in that ignoble position of being ruled and governed by another power altogether, Rome. And yet, Paul, knowing all that God had revealed about Israel, both the highs and the lows, but God's call upon it and God's purpose for it, Paul loved this nation. Paul had a great pride in being a member of that nation, and he expressed it often. And now I know that we might take this as simply an idea that Paul was proud to be a part of the nation of Israel simply because of God's unique design for it. But what I'm saying is God has a unique design for all nations. What Paul felt for his nation is a lesson to us of how we ought to feel for our own. Paul writes in Romans 11, a suggestion has been made that God's plan for Israel is done. God has turned away his interest in Israel and has given it to another and he won't return back to Israel. And Paul strongly refutes such an idea. In verses 11 and 12, Paul says this, I say then, has God cast away his people, speaking of Israel? Certainly not. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22, again, Paul speaks a word, and it's not a word in which he is wagging his head in shame. It's a word he speaks in credit to himself. He says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they of the seed of Abraham? So am I. He's pleased. He's seemingly proud to be identified in that way. 
In Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, again, the context is a context when Paul declares his ultimate allegiance and longing for Jesus Christ alone. But Paul writes this, I, in verses 4 and 5 of Philippians 3, I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. Now, whatever the context of those passages are, and they're interesting, and they're far broader and more meaningful than simply illustrating this one point, I just want you to see that there is a kind of pride, a kind of patriotism, a kind of honor that Paul bears in identifying with the nation of Israel as his nation, this national identity. We are not wrong to feel a special love and a distinguishing pride in our homeland. Paul knew the gospel, and he gave himself to proclaim it, and he went to all the nations to proclaim it, and yet it did not erase this natural and good instinct within him, nor should it in us. But let me tell you now how Paul expresses that national pride, that patriotism, that interest in his own nation. And let me suggest to you that these are the things that we should express as well in a Christian nationalism or a Christian patriotism for our nation. And the first thing is this. Take note of this. A national pride should never eclipse our love of God and our glory in Him. And all the references where Paul expresses his love for his nation and his proud identity with his nation, the context will show that there is in Paul a greater love for God and a greater desire for God's glory to be known by him and through him. Whatever your pride is in your country, it should never interfere with your complete allegiance to God and your commitment to live for his glory above everything else. That's the first thing to note. Here's the second thing. It's this. The love of country will be expressed in the true Christian through their prayers. The love of country will be expressed by the true Christian through their prayers. Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2, and he's giving instructions for Timothy on how to lead the church in Ephesus. And there he calls for the church in Ephesus to devote themselves to praying for their nation, their country. He calls for them to pray, offering prayers and supplication and intercessions and thanksgiving for their nation. Interesting. They're to give thanksgiving for their nation. There's one of the ways we ought to pray. There's nothing wrong with it. To thank God for the nation in which we are born and the nation in which we live and the nation that God has given us to serve Him and to glorify Him and the benefits we receive under this nation and its capacities to lend us opportunity to speak for the gospel of Jesus Christ at the ends of the earth and we still have that opportunity here. Paul actually commends the people in Ephesus to give thanks for their rulers and their governors and their nation and so should we. It's right, it's good and then Paul turns his focus primarily to this issue to intercede on the behalf of their nation. And now, this wasn't an obligatory statement that Paul makes. He's not making some grand gesture to show that he's having a good civil conscience to the needs of the society. This is a crest that Paul himself is practicing, interceding for his own nation. Take your Bibles and go to Romans chapter 9. Here we'll see... The intercessions of Paul shaping and forming in him passionate desires for his own nation of Israel. The words Paul makes and says here are quite profound. Out of his intercession for his own nation, the kind of intercessions that he's extolling, 
that the Ephesians might pray over theirs. Paul writes, I tell you the truth in Christ, I am not lying, my conscience also bearing witness in the Holy Spirit, that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen according to the flesh, who are Israelites. Paul loved this country. Paul prayed for the people of his country. He longed for them. And as he interceded for them, God mystically, miraculously, wonderfully poured into his heart the very self-giving love that Jesus Christ had when he gave himself for us. When Paul prays in this way and expresses this kind of prayer, he's expressing that same sacrificing love that the Savior had when he entered into Jerusalem and said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I would have gathered you as a hen would gather its chicks under its wings, but you would not. And yet it's an expression of the intercessions of our Lord Jesus for that nation. An expression of Paul's intercession for that nation as well. This divine longing comes to the heart of Paul as he grows and develops a life of brooding intercession for his country and his countrymen. It's right to have pride in your nation. It's right to celebrate your nation. It's right to give thanks for your nation. And it's right to weep over your nation. That's what God's called us to. It's a part of our, it's part of our patriotic duty, you might say, and it pleases God. Well, thank you for listening to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. Go to traincpe.org to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.